Jay Crawford, Adam the Bull, Garrett Bush, Tyvis Powell, Jason Lloyd. Plus, ba-da-da-da-da, you're loving him, Mikey McNuggets. And so many big names, it would take me hours to say all of their names. The ultimate Cleveland sports show starts now. Booyah! Happy Friday! We are 50 hours from kickoff. No, we're longer than that. 53 hours from kickoff of the Browns and the Rams in a very, very pivotal week in the NFL. Aren't they all? Welcome to the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. 90 minutes here today on YouTube at... 12.30 12.30 on the dot. We flip over to Channel 3 for 30 minutes as McNuggets likes to call it never-before-seen Browns coverage. You guys are going to uh, pressure me into wearing a jacket. Yeah, really. You're halfway there. You're almost there. I mean, uh, unfortunately, the Browns have played way too many games that, that aren't important because they get eliminated early, and that's not the case this year. Good point. You know? We're lucky to have meaningful games in That's December. right. Every game's going to matter the rest of the season. That, and that is absolutely that's what, exactly what you want. Yeah. Lot to talk about on today's show. Uh, who's the quarterback? That's a pretty big spot. Also, there are injuries. We don't really have a lot of injury information. And unlike most weeks, a lot of times on Fridays, we break news as to who's going to play and who isn't because we're right. getting those practice lists before we go off the air. That won't happen today. They're obviously out in Los Angeles. They're practicing late. So because of that, we won't get word until later this afternoon as to who's going and who's not. And guys, we've tried to do this before. And with not much success, remember the Ravens game? We were like, oh, he's not going to play. Deshaun Watson's out. Yeah. As soon as we left the air, Mary Kate sends out a message right. th- that he says he's playing. And then come game time, he's not. So it's hard to guess, but we're going to do our best here on today's yeah. show. I think it's pretty, I mean, for me, I think it's pretty safe to say that Joe Flacco is going to play. I, I get, feel safe. I get what you're saying. There, are, there have been a lot of Friday... There have been way too many Friday shows that we have started and not been sure who the quarterback is, yeah. and that is the case again this week. I think at this point, I'll be pretty shocked if Joe Flacco's not playing on Sunday. I'm with you. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree. Listen, Joe Flacco's pretty much been taking all the reps. I don't think DTR is going to come out of nowhere and just put the cape on. And I've seen that before. It didn't we, end well. It didn't end no, well. No, it did right? not yeah, end well. No. <laughs> that, that was his first NFL start. Right, right. He's got a little bit more under his belt now, but not a ton. Uh, so we're going to talk about that. We're going to talk about the chance that Joe Flacco gives this to How does he have to play? We're going to talk about that later. But where does he need to perform? Because we've seen the Browns have beaten really good football teams with less than mid-play at the quarterback spot. I mean, when you look at the 49ers game and you look at the analytics on P.J. Walker for that game, there's no way they should have won. But the defense and a little bit of luck here and there and some flags, and they did. So what has to happen today with a Rams team that I think everybody agrees is getting a lot better. They look a lot better now than they At did early in the year, yeah. for, particularly yeah. on offense. Uh, first hello of the day to Mikey McNuggets behind the glass. Uh, I know you've got a bit of a Cavs lost hangover this morning. Yeah, we're going to talk about Cavs what today, was an too. abysmal performance last night. And we're going to talk about the Cavs Ugh. and the, the hot seat that JB's on here towards the end of the YouTube show before we head over to WKYC. But first, we do talk football, and our first read of the day and our first winning ticket of the day comes from Bill White. Check this out, and I'll tell you the fan will read in a sec. But Bill White turned $10 into $664 <coughs> last night 
on a multi-part same-game parlay. We got a bunch of winning tickets from last night's Thursday night really? football game that we'll showcase over the next couple of days. But he had the Cowboys winning. Dak Prescott over 250 yards. CeeDee Lamb over 70 yards. Jake Ferguson over 40 yards. DK Metcalf over 40. CeeDee Lamb anytime touchdown. DK Anytime touchdown. Jake Ferguson, anytime touchdown. Wow, Tony Pollard, man. over 40 that, yards. And that's how Bill White turned $10 into $664. That was one of the best games of the year. It, it was, was a phenomenal very game. so much fun to watch. The penalties drove me nuts. The penalties were annoying. It got better in the second half. There the was still a lot was, in the second half. There was. The first half was insane. Yeah. It was a great game. But it was a great game winning, besides the penalties. I was somewhat surprised uh, It's how well Seattle looked. I, I, I just the best like, their offense looked. I agree. Even though they couldn't run the ball that much. No, but he threw it all over the place. Yeah, Gino had his best game of the year. Over the place. You have something else, right, Mike? I, I got to actually do the read. I gave you the ticket, <laughs> oh. but I didn't do the read. Yeah. And y'all, y'all trying to get me off track. But as the <clears> weather <throat> gets colder, the NFL offers <clears throat> stay hot on FanDuel. And just like Bill White, you can win a lot of money. And you get $150 in free bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get in on the action than right now. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. Yeah, they are a partner, and here's what I love. Just in the short time that they've been one of our biggest sponsors, we've seen, at, like this is a perfect example, Someone using the show's sponsor product and then showing everybody else that might not be using the shower, uh, the show's product, how they can get rich doing it. What, yeah, what, right. o- what other uh, client show relationship is that? Is that a, I mean, it's, it's really a perfect synergy. It's awesome. These people who bet these uh, parlays for like 10 bucks or less, it's like signing a free agent, uh, a minor league free agent in baseball. There's only upside. There's no downside. No. You're betting ten bucks. You're betting five bucks. You got, you know, what? Okay, you lose ten bucks. You lose ten bucks going to the coffee shop for crying out loud. Uh, and you, this guy won six hundred something dollars. Unreal. A few years ago, I went to Vegas for the NCAA tournament and did a story on like the Vegas Strip against Jerry's Nugget and the people betting in both places. <laughs> and you've got like lawyers at Caesars at the sports book betting a thousand dollars a game and then you go to Jerry's Nugget and they're betting two dollars on a 25 <laughs> it was my kind of people yeah. Jerry, yeah. and it's fun to look at the different demographics too oh, it's yeah, like walking yeah. through a casino and looking at the five dollar table compared to the thousand dollar table <laughs> oh, yeah. it's it's a study in society oh, by the way I would love to have been a fly on the wall when you pitch that story idea to your editor. <laughs> hey, listen, I'd like to go to Vegas and do a story on betting for well, the NCAA he did a, tournament. He did a story on strippers. That was right after the stripper story. <laughs> was that, that a throw-in? Was uh, that a throw-in? Well, so we did the stripper story in January. I went to the, the Super Bowl in Atlanta. The that Patriots, was awesome. Patriots-Rams Super Bowl. I went to Atlanta and wrote about the strippers. <laughs> Well, because Atlanta kind of is the epicenter right? of oh, that industry. Oh, that was the hook. Well, so give us the Cliff Notes version because we've yeah. got to get into the show. But give us the Cliff Notes version of that column. Okay, so the best part about it actually was all these strippers have to get licensed to work that Super Bowl week. You have to go to the licensing office in Atlanta and you have to get a license for the week. And it's like $500 for the week for this. Wow, for they this, make so much money. For, oh, yeah. It's, any, it's a vendor's license, any vendor yeah. that comes in. There were so many strippers in the licensing office that they ran out of ink. And this woman comes out. There's all of these strippers sitting around the lobby 
and they're like pajamas because it's like 11 in the morning. And I walk and I was talking to a cop and he's like, go down. Like if he t- I told him what I was doing. He goes, this is a great story. Go to the licensing office. I'm telling you, just go to the licensing office. So I walk in there and this woman comes out and she says, we're waiting on an ink delivery from the airport and it got delayed. We ran out of ink. You have to come back tomorrow. And all of these angry strippers get up and leave. The best part though, it's, and it's lunchtime. So you've got these strippers trying to get out with these workers trying to get out and other workers trying to get in. And it's this traffic jam. And there's like this 80 year old woman out there directing traffic. And you had strippers driving Mercedes and you had strippers driving 88 Hondas. <laughs> and it was, it was, it was one of the best scenes. Oh, it was, it was Yeah, terrific. it really oh. does sound like a scene from a movie because yeah. if you didn't know what was going on and you showed up there for another piece of business, you would literally what be looking around saying, where am I right now? What is going Yo, on? Why are all these scantily clad ladies? I love what you said, the angry strippers. That's a band name. <laughs> How is that not yeah, a band name by strippers. now? We went, we went to Atlanta last year, and it was me, my mom, dad, <coughs> and my wife. So I and, know where you didn't go. So, yeah. So we know, but it's sneaky. They'll sneak a, a strip joint in amongst regular plainclothes people. We were going to get some food, and we went, went to a place that looked kind of like a diner. We get in line. And I said, all right, let me go park the car. My dad gets in line and he, the bouncer says, yeah, cover charge is 20 bucks. And he's like, well, I just want to get some food. He was like, yeah, yeah, no, well, well it's going to go up later at 30. And then finally my mom asks, well, why are we paying? And they're like, well, you don't see the entertainment? <laughs> Amongst everyone, it was like a buffet, a bunch of people, and the strippers were there just in a diner setting. <laughs> Fooled the hell out of my dad. You should have saw him. He, he, no, wait, you guys didn't actually go in. No, no. He, that would have been, been a hilarious. reality he, show. He walked in. Gene and, Bush, mom, dad, and wife and, at a stripper joint. I come back and say, hey, guys, why we ain't going to eat? I just parked the car. They was like, yeah, we there's people the in the clothes off in there. I, t- I talked to an That's Uber like driver. I, we, could go, we could do two hours on oh, this. Yeah. I, I'll wrap it with this. So I was talking to an Uber driver for that story who said he used to take a family of four to Magic City. The strip club in Atlanta it was like mom, dad, son, and daughter. Just, How old were the kids? I, they were like teenagers, I guess. I've or, heard they have great wings there. <laughs> I did not even. I, I listen. I got in so much trouble at home because oh I didn't tell God. my wife I was doing the story, <laughs> and it just sort of landed. And she's like, "Are you kidding me?" Shout out like, to Cinnamon and Diamond, by the way. <laughs> listen, every Cinnamon every entertainer I talked to, Cinnamon. Every entertainer I talked to was fully clothed, and it was the middle of the day when uh, I did the story. I wasn't there at night. Oh, I wasn't nah. doing this and all that. But then, hey, so, it's your job. I mean, you got to do your job. So I did that in January, and then in March, I was at spring training for the Indians at the time, the Indians. And I said, hey, Vegas is like a three-hour car ride away. Why don't I just go up to Vegas and do a March Madness story? So that's how I <laughs> hooked a March Madness story. I got yes, to give you that. I mean, those are two great stories because a lot of times editors don't take bait like that. Uh, no. Well, that's that was the wild, wild west days of The Athletic. That was well before the New York yeah, Times. Would have been. Yeah, that doesn't happen today under <laughs> you know, the New York Times you know how umbrella. You, when you, you know how you see, you'll see old baseball movies sometimes from like, I remember uh, 61 was was like this where you saw, you know, the old-time reporters, and they would kind of protect the players back in oh, those days. Yeah. Jason would be the one reporter that would not be protecting the player. <laughs> no, which I, I don't think so. I which think I 100% would be good on respect. Because he's with know. the players. What are you Jay's talking about? Jay's got a lot of uh, man card to him. I think you might. <laughs> the, the funny story about that is, yeah. and I don't know if this is true or not, but it was the myth was once when the Yankees, they used to travel by train yep. in, the, in the Babe Ruth days, all of the writers were in one of the passenger cars and they saw a almost naked Babe Ruth running through their passenger car with a completely nude woman running behind him. <laughs> 
And one of the writers allegedly turned to one of the others and said, it's a good thing we didn't see that or we'd have to write about it. <laughs> so that was really the days of you protect yeah, yeah. the players. Well, Mantle right. was getting hammered basically on a nightly ba- I mean, just wasted every single day. Well, you know the story, yeah. uh, the, the famous story about, I don't even know if I yeah, can't yeah. go into it here. Right. I can't go into it here. But he was a- there was actually, he actually was engaged in a sex act during a game at a stadium. Mantle? Mickey Mantle. Oh, that Very famous story. Yeah. Google it. Look it up. It's oh, wow. I know of a mascot who got fired for doing that during a game with the helmet with the head on. <laughs> oh, my God. The visual. At the old Skydome in Toronto, there was a oh, couple. at the hotel. Yeah. In the hotel, having sex that at was, the that window. That became a thing. And the entire stadium got that to be, see Like, it. people were renting the rooms just to do that during yeah. the game. Exactly right. <laughs> oh, the wild, wild west. All right, let's dive in. Uh, Alex Van Pelt. <laughs> he's just sitting there taking all of this in. Like, I didn't hear nothing. He's glad he's not a human. We go from elite stories to elite arm strength. And that's, that's what right. AVP said yeah. Joe Flacco had yesterday <coughs> when he was asked about the Browns' potential new starting quarterback. And if you take tag board full, just so everyone's on the same page, this is exactly what Alex Van Pelt said. He said, is arm strength at 38? He still has an elite arm on a scale of 1 to 5. He's a 5. His ball flight velocity at every level of the field is great. We you buy that? Buy it? Sell? I, I'm not. I mean, I'm sure he's got some throws in him that are still elite, which is my guess. But there's no way he consistently, at his age, is going to be able to throw with the same velocity and accuracy that he did when he was in the prime of his career. That I can't believe. Guys have done that. Brett Favre still zinged it at 38. Yeah. yeah Tom I, Brady. But he ain't Brett Favre and he ain't Tom Brady. 46. You know? Those are the exceptions, not the rule. No, you're right. If he could still do it consistently, he would have been on a team. I think the question I have for you is, you know Alex, you've talked to him. He seems like a straight shooter. That's exactly it. And I don't think he would – I think what he did was he told what he thought to be the truth. He's not a guy that would embellish something for the sake of a good story. You know what? You're 100%. Because when I first saw the note from Mike, I kind of rolled my eyes at it like, whatever. But then AVP is not that guy. No. Like, he kind of just tells you how it is. Yep. And he's always been that way, so I don't think he's going to make this up now. I guess where I land on the whole arm strength thing is I don't care. He doesn't need a five. Like, three's good. You know, three, four, whatever is DTR good. DTR has a six, and that's too much. Yeah, right? And I'm, I'm more with his mind, with Flacco's mind. Yeah. And he had a play. I wish I could remember the details. He had a the, – the, there was the touchdown drive late in the game here where – I remember somebody said, I was talking to somebody who said, like, that's a veteran quarterback reading the defense and finding the hole. Was that on the, blow, uh, the big blow? The, the, at the, the end. Right. Yeah, the yes. touchdown throw at the end. Was he like, saw it at the line of scrimmage. It's like Mike White's not going to find that. No, but no, no. Joe Flacco Jay, is. You're asking about the long touchdown pass to Corey Yeah, not Davis. the busted coverage. Okay, He's that's the one I thought you were talking touchdown. about. The busted coverage one was no, stealing, but some quarterbacks might not have seen that at the line of scrimmage. Grant Delpit didn't come up and yes. Travis did a whole breakdown of it. Oh, yeah. okay. He saw okay. Grant Delpit, who was too deep to ever break on the play. And, and I'm You're sure exactly right. And Joe saw it at Coach the time. Tyvis, You're yeah. exactly right. Because Tyvis said, you put your heels on the goal line and your play take you into the end zone. And Delpit was like in la-la land yeah. on that play. And Flacco spotted it right away. I'm more interested in Joe for that. For the mind component, he's seen everything. He's seen every coverage that there is. I don't care if his arms are five. I care about his mind being sharp, and, and that's where I think his real advantage will come. Yeah. If there is an advantage of a 38-year-old quarterback who was golfing two weeks ago, it's that his mind is still sharp. G, what's your thoughts on all this? Um, I, I think that he is, is probably still a five. Um, I know guys right now who can wake, roll out of bed and go bench 500 pounds like it ain't nothing. And you're like, dude, how, when is the last time you lifted? They was like, I haven't lifted in like five years. 
there's guys who, who are just fast. Like, I believe there's guys in the league that can wake up out of bed and run a 4-5, and 4-5 is moving. Um, Joe Flacco has always had a, a, a big arm. I, I don't – I, you know, I don't second guess that. And Alex Van Pelt, he doesn't get anything or any cool points for saying five out of five. You know what I mean? Like, yeah, there's no there's, there's no, no reason for him to embellish that. No upside to it. When I when I I go along with Jason and saying I, I think he's gonna play well. Like I I just do. Like, um, and it's because not because of the simple fact that he's most talented quarterback. It's the fact that some of the stuff that we've been seeing, uh, from our younger quarterbacks and even Deshaun Watson has not been veteran play. Deshaun Watson is a veteran, but he had all that rust on him. So there was times where Deshaun Watson was holding on to the ball too long. There's times where Deshaun Watson wasn't hitting his third, fifth step, seventh step and getting rid of the ball. And we know what DTR and BJ Walker have been doing. So for me, I think this is going to have an opportunity to see a, a veteran. I think the ball will come out quick. And I think the best thing about it is He's not going to get fooled. You're not going to. He's not going to come in and he throw the ball into triple coverage, and you'd be like, "Wow, I thought that was a different coverage than when I saw pre-snap." So at least if you you get him out there, he's going to be able to make certain plays. I think you know he, he's going to have a, a calming effect in the huddle, and I and I think the, the Browns' offense will look pretty good this game. I remember he, having a conversation with Cordell Stewart once about something very similar. There was a situation in the NFL where there was a young quarterback that had started the season. The team had decided they were going to go with the, the new young gun when they had a veteran backup. In the first four or five games, everything was short and simple. Three, five, nothing beyond 10 yards in the line of scrimmage. This team decided to make the switch to the veteran. And all of a sudden, the vertical passing game opened. And we were doing a segment, and I asked Cordell, why is that? And he said, well, it's very simple. The young guy who's got rookie eyes is seeing that something's partly open early and he's taking it because he doesn't know what's going to happen in the progression of the play. The veteran eyes and brain knows breathe, take a beat. Something may come open. That's better deeper down the field. And I think that is what we could possibly see here with Joe Flacco. He's going to look for and likely find things beyond 10 yards downfield, where this team hasn't had that passing game this year. I think the question, though, is do the Browns have the offensive line to hold up? That's a very good Joe Flacco has no mobility, and Mike and I were talking before the show. He, If he has to move out of the pocket at all, it's a disaster. That's where he gets yeah. himself in trouble these days, You know when he's played in recent years. Over the last four years, he's played 20 games. He has 20 touchdowns. That's good, but he has 19 turnovers. Eight of those turnovers are fumbles, and he's fumbled other times that he didn't so, like, he, at this point in his career, he gets hit. There's a decent chance he's going to fumble. That's been a problem. I mean, eight fumbles lost in his last 20 games is pretty bad. They haven't won a lot of games. Now, he's been on bad teams, and the Browns are a better team well, around bad them this teams, year. But a team with an all-time bad line. I mean, the Jets' offensive line was terrible. I don't know that – it wasn't as bad last year as it is this year. It wasn't good. It wasn't good, but the Browns' offensive line at the tackle spot is a question mark right yeah. now. I'm also concerned – uh, do the Browns have the wide receivers to get open? Deep yeah, down can the they field? get separation? Especially with a banged up Amari Cooper. I do think, though, in the short term, Joe Fly, I think it, for one or two games, he'll probably play decent football. We saw that last year. Yeah. He started with some really good yeah. numbers his first two weeks, and then there was then, a real fast and dramatic regression. Right. Real fast. And then shortly after, he was on the bench, and that was his time with yeah. the New York Jets. Uh, I do feel good about it. I do. I mean, if I had to say I feel good or bad about Joe Flacco, I think I probably feel better about starting Joe Flacco than I even would about 
even with a healthy DTR, just because I I, I like what I want to see what a veteran can do, a true veteran can yeah. do with this team. Yeah, I mean maybe he'll probably make a couple of throws in this game. We'll be like, wow, we haven't seen a throw like that all season, and that'll be good. I I, I was enjoying the progress DTR was making, and I wanted to keep seeing him playing. Certainly, I'd much rather see him play than than PJ Walker. I'm telling you, I said it Monday. I I really like that touchdown drive. I really felt like that was the yeah. turning point for him. And then he got hit right after that. But yeah. boy, it just felt like that was really something yeah. for him to build off. And I hope if yeah. he, I don't think Flacco's the long, I know there seems to be a split. I don't think Flacco's the long-term answer. I think when DTR is healthy, he's back out there. I think. I, I think the only question well, we is, talked about that what yesterday. if Flacco plays great? Yeah, what if he goes for 310, three touchdowns, then no you're going to keep playing. I mean, if that happens. I mean, don't you have to stay with the a, hot he's hand? He's taking a drug test on Monday if that happens. <laughs> well, stranger things have happened. He I think you'd have to stay with the hot hand. Two games Even though year. I'm with you and I'd rather see DTR, sure. I think you'd have to stay with the hot because hand. Because of the situation. Yeah, you're, you're, trying you're, trying to make, you're trying to win. You're trying to race to 10. Yeah. You get in the postseason with 10. Yeah. Might even be a situation where if he wins against the Rams and you start him against Jacksonville and he wins, maybe you do at that point go back because – he wasn't able to sustain a high level of play last year. Yeah, but if you, and beat, also, if you beat the Rams in Jacksonville back-to-back weeks, he's playing. But right. here's the thing. To yeah. the long-term answer, you would much rather see your young gun develop yeah. and give them four games before the playoffs come around to sort of get in that group. If you're 9-4, and four, you're just about punched your ticket. Let DTR go back out there, get a win or two, better your position, and get valuable experience you, for the playoffs. You do have to worry about one thing. He's 30, what? How 38. Eight. He's 38. I, I, I'm, I'm 40. I woke up feeling terrible. Guess what? After this game, he's going to wake up feeling yeah, terrible. Yeah. Yeah. So injuries are a part of this thing. I wouldn't be surprised if he goes down and you go back to DTR. Yeah. And he hasn't played in like 12 months, I imagine 11 months. the first time he takes a hit on yeah. Sunday yeah. will be his first hit in nearly a year. Yeah. He's not taking hits in practice this he, week. He played there last. He did play at the end of the season for the Jets, so he played January 8th, whatever it was. Right. So it's been so it's 11, 11 months. months. Hot, yeah. hot take prediction, you're going to see a lot of Wildcat on Sunday. Like oh, you, really? I just I just think like you're <laughs> – No intel, just gut. Gut. Kevin's going to be in his bag. All you people oh, who hate yeah. his trick plays. Hey, oh, no. Hold on. Kevin's going to be in his bag hey, on this Sunday. Is, this is the Duke of knee jerk. This week I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> clip that. Now, yes. Clip that. This I want to hear that. Game you play. <laughs> I, we have to clip that because if, if any of them go wrong, he's going to kill them. I just, uh-huh. Right? Like, I just think like this is the week you're going to see Harrison Bryant under center. You're going to see Wildcat with Drew Ford. that in the case of Flea desperation? Flicker. Is this desperation? This is your job. You started a 38-year-old who was golfing two this, weeks ago. He's won a Super Bowl. If this is his desperation, what is? Hit the button. <laughs> when Joe Flacco yeah, won a Super Bowl, that. Anthony was in high school. Just remember that. Yeah. It's okay. So. He's got one. He does. That's true. He's got Anthony, one. Yeah. Terry Bradshaw has one. You want to go get him? Well, come on. <laughs> Terry Bradshaw has four. That's crazy. Another guy who does have one is Aaron Donald. That's the focus of our next topic. But first, FanDuel. The offers stay hot even when the weather gets cold on America's number one sportsbook. And right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 Moneyline bet. That's $150 if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, there's no better time to get it on the action than right now. The app is easy to use, and there's a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com UCSS to kick off the NFL season. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, 
an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And if you have a winning ticket, make sure you tweet it at us so it can be featured on the show. Guys, we talked about it slightly yesterday, and we only got a few minutes before Chris Rose joins us, but I wanted to ask you guys this. Aaron Donald, Miles Garrett, two of the premier pass rushers of the NFL over the last decade, and especially this season. Miles a little banged up, but he was doing push-ups in practice yesterday. He looked to not be favoring his left shoulder any differently than his right shoulder, according to Mary Kay. He has a favorable matchup if he plays against the Rams' tackles, while Aaron Donald has to go up against two all-pros in Wyatt Taylor and Joel Batonio. So if you had to pick... Which one of the elite pass rushers will have a bigger impact on the game on Sunday? Mm. Uh, guys, I'm gonna, I know he's going up against better offensive linemen, but because of the injury, I have to go with Aaron Donald. They're, they're two of the best players in the world. Aaron Donald, even at his age, is still the best defensive tackle, isn't he? Yes. I mean, I think so. I mean, he's, he's right up there. If he's and not and the it's best. crazy at his age to still be the best. So, Miles Garrett, probably the best pass outside rusher in the league. Aaron Donald's the best interior def- you know, defensive lineman in the league. I got to lean towards the guy who's healthy. I-, I think Miles Garrett will play well, but if I, if, and if Miles Garrett were healthy, it would be a no brainer to me, but he's not. He's not going to be 100%. As, I mean, he's, a, he's Superman, so it's possible. You won't, we won't know it, but I'll have to go with Donald because he's healthy. I think I have to agree with you because we've talked about. The guards have to pay so much attention to the tackles this year, especially Joel on the left side with Christian next to him. Yeah, that I think it takes away a little bit from what he's trying to do. It's just it's it's just human nature. And on the right side, why it's a little bit better of a run blocker than he is a pass blocker. Dewan's a better pass blocker than he is run blocker, but and Hudson is what he is. So I think because of the health and because of just the situation, not necessarily the center and guards that yeah. Aaron's going against. But just the responsibilities, the added responsibilities that those guards have this year that maybe they didn't have in the past. Yeah. I have to give Aaron a slight edge. And, and until we see Miles, the shoulder is right. still a concern. Yeah. Push-ups and, and playing against an offensive line. It's a lot different part. than all the moves yeah. G was talking about. You have to be able to do the defensive end. Yeah, and, and, Jason, real quick, before you, before you go, G, like, in the end, I think guys, when they're healthy, guys like Aaron Donald and Miles Garrett, the, the matchup's kind of irrelevant. Yeah, if you're going up against a, a guy who stinks – that's going to make you even better. But no matter how good the offensive lineman is, he's not as good as Aaron Donald. Right. So, right. and same thing with Miles Garrett. I don't care if you, I don't care who the tackle is. If Miles Garrett's right, he's matchup proof, and so is Donald to me. I'm, I'm going to go with Aaron Donald on, on, um, on this one just because I think, you know, in this run game, they, they've not run the ball really well like they used to. Like, you know, they, they've run it in spurts where it's been pretty good, but they haven't run it in, 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 in enough times and successfully enough for them to really neutralize Aaron Donald's ability to get after the quarterback. So, you know, they are going to have to have a situation where they're going to have to pay attention to him. And there's a lot of times on the All-22, the Browns have had trouble passing people off. Um, you see guys coming free, and you're like, well, I don't know why you could, why would you take two guys on one guy? Just passing stuff off has been more difficult, and, and it's, that's just because is that you, communication? It's communication and not playing with each other. Right. You know, you got two tackles who um, they're backups, and, and by saying backups is being, is nice. being very nice. And plus, I think Joe Flacco, um, the most he's going to move is up and back in the pocket, like you know, try to step up and evade stuff. He's not going to be able to to run around and do things with all the other quarterbacks. 
Aaron Donald has a chance to come free, and there's a chance that he might not tackle him because of the athletic ability of DTR, Deshaun Watson, or P.J. Walker. That's not there this, this week. So, for me, um, Aaron Donald, I, I think, is going to probably have a pretty good game. And if the running backs don't get downfield quick enough, I, I think that uh, he's going to have a couple tackles for a loss. And it's just Aaron Donald is what it is. And Miles Garrett is a yeah. little banged up. Yeah, I think did it's you guys, sweet. by the way, Jay, did you guys see that? I was just thinking of this because you said it. Did you see that play when Dak looked like he was dead sacked? Oh, oh yeah. yeah. And yeah, he yeah. busted. Yeah. That was Absolutely. unbelievable. I know. He, he looked good last night. It's in the MVP conversation. Last six weeks, he's playing better than anybody. Yeah. His numbers have been unreal. Yeah. The Cowboys at this time of the year are devastating. They're the best team in the world every year. They are. They usually time. fall yeah. apart in See December. In January. We'll and yeah. in January. then the yeah. clock strikes and they turn into the Cowboys. And they've got to figure out a way to get by the Eagles, no matter what. I think that's playing his go. best football. But yeah. I just say, he I is. He's playing yeah. very, very yeah. well. Uh, and really, it's just been a good team effort. Their defense yeah. had some breakdowns last yeah. night. But uh, Parsons. I'm Oof. with you guys. I have to give the edge to Aaron Donald on this one. And also, you mentioned the quarterbacks. I think because of the quarterbacks, too. Flacco's the standing target. Yeah. Not that Stafford is a mobile quarterback. Right. But I think he's able to move around and maybe slide in the pocket a little bit more gracefully right now yeah. than Joe Flacco. And because we've seen what this looks like, we have seen what Miles Garrett looks like with a bad left wing. Uh, he tried to play with it last year, and he, we all sat week after week and said, no, this guy's just not himself. This, is, this injury is worse than what we thought or what we're being told. And because of that, I think that Aaron Donald... Now, I, I don't think that Aaron Donald's going to be the disruptive force that we've seen him be in the past, but I do think he's going to have a slightly better game and more of an impact on the game than Miles Garrett will. I hope I'm wrong. Yeah. hope he proves us wrong. And you're right on the push-up things. There's so many exercises yeah. that you can do and pull off, right. but there's certain moves, live moves in real time when there's a 300-pounder trying to resist what you're doing right. where mm-hmm. that can really be problematic. But by, by the, the way, most part, is this the matchup of the two <laughs> least mobile quarterbacks in the league? Could be. Yeah, I haven't looked at the other matchups <laughs> this week. But, um, I mean, I mean you got who's a couple less of statues. mobile? You got a couple of statues yeah. back there for sure. Not a the, lot of those guys anymore. No. Well, I'll, I'll take, I'll take a out. look into that while we're uh, speaking to Chris Rose. Yeah. We're going to bring in right now. And Chris Rose today is brought to us by FanDuel. As the weather gets colder, the NFL offers stay red hot on FanDuel, America's number one sports book. Right now, new customers get $150 in bonus bets with any winning $5 money line bet. That's 150 bucks if your team wins. So if you've been thinking about joining FanDuel, What are you waiting for? There's no better time to get it on the action than right now. The app is simple to use, and they have a wide range of betting options, including spreads, player props, over-unders, and much, much more. So visit FanDuel.com slash UCSS to kick off the NFL season. That is FanDuel.com slash UCSS. FanDuel, an official partner of the NFL, an official partner of the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show. And with that, let's welcome on Chris Rose to the show. What's up, Chris? What's going on, guys? Happy, uh, Happy Friday. What do you think about Joe Flacco, Chris? Give us your thoughts. Well, this reminds me uh, exactly of 1988. And for those Browns fans that are old enough to remember that year, it was, uh, you know, it was Bernie and then Danielson in week two till I think he broke his ankle and then Mike Pagel. And then they went back to Bernie, who got hurt in that Monday nighter against the Dolphins. And Don Strock was mixed in there. And then Strock had to win that must-win game week 16, back when they only played 16 weeks against the Oilers. In fact, I'm such a sicko. I went back and watched that full game recently. Um, that was a great game. It was a great game. You know, Webster Slaughter with the late touchdown. I mean, you know, essentially it was a, it was a playoff game for the Browns a week early. You know, they win, they're in, they lose, they go home. Um, 
So it's it's very reminiscent of that, you know, calling Flacco off the couch. He wasn't golfing like Don Strock was every day down in Florida. You know, he was just a father of four hanging out in, I think, Philly. Um, but I think it's the right move. I think if, obviously, DTR is not able to go. P.J. Walker has done some nice things for this team, particularly in the fourth quarter against San Francisco and Indianapolis. But I can't watch a guy complete 48% of his passes anymore in a quarterback-driven league. I think that Joe Flacco with this protection can do a little bit better than that. That's the hope. We're going to need him to. Uh, how do you think the offense changes? Obviously, two completely different styles here. Yeah. What are you expecting to see change-wise from Kevin Stefanski in his approach on offense? Well, it's a good question, Jay. I mean, I'm going to go out and talk to the coach uh, later today for an interview that will air on Sunday before the before the game. And um, that's one of the questions. I mean, how much can you change? He, he got signed to the practice squad, what, 10 days ago. Yeah. And, you know, I don't think they expected him to be playing this quickly. So, you know, how much does that shorten the playbook? Um, it's not just he's replacing DTR. He's replacing DTR, who replaced P.J. Walker, who replaced Deshaun Watson. You know, I mean, those are three guys. I'm not going to say they have similar skill sets because Deshaun's is, in my opinion, very different than the other two guys. But – you know, we're talking about building mobility into your running program, things of that nature. What was the first play of the game last week? It was a right. DTR. He kept it. I doubt that'll be the first play this week for Joe <laughs> Flacco. You know, I guess to me, the most interesting thing will be, you know, Kevin O'Connell had to go through this up in Minnesota with Josh Dobbs on kind of a tighter window because they traded for Dobbs on that Tuesday. And then Dobbs, because Jaron Hall got concussed in a game against Atlanta, had to go in five days later. And O'Connell's literally walking Josh Dobbs through each play as long as he can in that headset. How much is that going to take place this week with Joe Flacco? Um, that's something I'll be curious about. Chris, I, I was at, you know, as I was driving and I, I thought to myself, um, it's weird a little bit. Kevin Stefanski is pretty much the only guy that I can learn something about this year. Like, I'll, I'll learn whether or not his team responds, whether he can, you know, is he good for a couple of games when he doesn't have top-notch talent? Because the rest of the team, there's still a bunch of question marks going into next year. It's, it's almost like a time warp. We wanted to know about Deshaun Watson. We still don't know. Uh, now we got a question about Nick Chubb and the knee. We don't know. We There's a lot of different other places, whether or not your tackles are good moving forward. But it just seems as if they make the playoffs. I feel a lot, a lot better about all those question marks in the offseason. Am I crazy for that? No, I mean, I think you have to look at the players, certainly on an individual basis, whether they're coming back from injury or how much money they're going to make, because that's something that the Browns have to start looking at. You know, for the longest time, we didn't have to because we weren't talented enough to start re-upping guys. And so if guys were going to walk, you were like, good. We need new guys in their place. <laughs> Uh, now we have actually so much talent. I mean, it's guys like Grant Delpit, who's in his walk year. JOK, who's going to be a year from free agency next season. Those are guys you want to lock up that you hope that the mathematical wizards who deal with the salary cap are able to, to work around that and keep them here. Uh, as far as Kevin Stefanski, I do want to say this. That is he a perfect play caller? No, right? I mean, the play at the beginning of the fourth quarter, I think, drove a lot of us nuts. It wasn't so much the idea of the call, but asking a guy in Pierre Strong who hadn't touched the ball all game, basically, to to handle it on a, you know, on a double reverse. I thought that was kind of tough. But 
what you tell me what playoff contender has lost as much high priced talent as the Browns have this year. Right? I mean the nobody. only nobody, nobody has, right? We see what happened with the Bengals in a short span, and I think it could get ugly for them just without Joe Burrow, right? Here the Browns have lost their starting quarterback, both tackles, the best pure running back in the league, in my opinion. That's a lot. Those are high-priced guys that they're losing left and right, and they're currently holding a, a wild-card spot as we head into Week 13. I, I think for people that go nuts over Kevin Stefanski and let's get rid of him, I, they have a serious inability to see the big picture here. Uh, and I just want to let you know, I cover all 32 teams. Most fan bases cannot stand their play calling, whether it's their head coach or their offensive coordinator. It's just, it's true. They do yeah. not, they're like, oh, you're an idiot. Why are you calling this? Calling plays is not easy. Being a head coach and a play caller, there's very few guys that are able to do that well. I actually think Kevin does a pretty good job with it. And I think we got to get off his back because he's done a hell of a job. Chris, Chris I agree with you. We, we had that same conversation yesterday. And I, I don't think that point's been talked about enough. The Browns and all of the attrition that they've had on their roster are still right there. And you mentioned the Bengals. I mean, yeah, granted, Joe Burrow means more to their team than even Deshaun mm -hmm. Watson means to this team. But it was funny how when, as soon as he was out, I made that point. Everybody yeah. said, season's over, let's play for a draft pick. And I, your colleagues, I was watching the other day when I was working out on the NFL Network, I thought did a marvelous job of driving home the point of exactly what you just said. We're too close to the fire. And the 30,000 feet view sometimes is the one that you have to pay attention to. Everyone on the network a couple of days ago was saying, this guy's going to get coach of the year votes just for keeping this team together mm -hmm. and holding this really disastrous season from an injury standpoint together. And sometimes we're in so far in the weeds and the minutia of every play call that we tend to be overly critical, but I'm with you. Stefanski's done. Well, not Jason and I. We've defended Kevin Stefanski all year. Well, listen, I've only... Unlike most of this town. No, I don't think that's true. I don't oh, think... that's true. No, most of this town would mean 51% <laughs> of fans want him fired. It's not. It's nowhere near that. It's just not. It's well, I, you, go ahead, Chris. Jay, I was actually more curious. So, you know, you, you did the nice power drop-in of while I was working out. Was it a back-and-buys day? Was it no. Justin Tries? Was no, it was actually... What was it? I have to I have to confess, I have a torn UCL, so I can't do any weights. It was actually oh, cardio. <laughs> <laughs> so, wait a second. You're, uh, you're, you're not going to be ready for spring training, or you are, or what no, are you going to be, like a I don't know. I'm still, in the, I'm still in the decision-making process. One expert okay. says, get the Tommy John. Another one says, at your age, you want to keep pitching. There's no guarantees. You're about 12 months if you do have the surgery. So I think I'm going to go with PRP shots and Tanaka. Talk oh, yeah. to Tanaka. Yeah, that's exactly right. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna <laughs> to roll the dice. It's not like I. It's not like I'm you know waiting on a, a 600 million dollar contract like yeah. someone else. Jay, if, I see, if I see you coming, I like to feel the dreams from some crops. <laughs> Jay Crawford with an two, elbow sling. 200 years old, still throwing pitches. <laughs> hey, hey, Chris, I, when I die. Is it class photo day for you guys? Y'all look so nice. Well, well we're doing the TV side. show. It's funny you said that because on Fridays, we do 30 minutes on Channel 3. So we have a dress oh. code. So you Fridays. got the honor roll kids over there in jackets. You yeah. got the derelicts These over here. These are the here. back of the bus guy right here. <laughs> I mean, we look I'm just happy they're wearing pants today. Yeah. Yeah. Wait, are you? That's, that's yeah, the yeah. question. Why would you?
Hey, listen, I'm in my home office, so there's... You can do whatever you want. I do my podcast. I do my home podcast in my underwear all the time. Chris, <laughs> TMI. Yeah. I know By you the way, that's not, gonna, that's not going to help you. It's <laughs> not going to help me doing it in my underwear? Followers, it's, it's not, it's not going to work. Oh, it certainly does. People, you know, people have fat fetishes. You know, you know Chris. Uh, listen. Do you have an OnlyFans page? Yeah, I certainly should. Um... <laughs> Let's talk from a Rams perspective. Cancel, cancel subscription. <laughs> yeah, come on now. That's inappropriate. Let's talk about from a defense pers- defensive perspective from the Browns because the, the Rams have mm-hmm. two of the biggest guys that have come out of nowhere on offense. Puka Nakua, obviously, who was a late-round pick this year, and Kyren Williams, who was a late-round pick last year by the Rams. They've both been sensational. Williams comes off IR last week, has a massive game. Who are you more, more concerned about, I guess, the, the passing game or the running game with Kyron Williams from a Browns perspective? Uh, Kyron Williams. Yeah, yeah they were uh, – it was consecutive years <clears throat> where they used fifth-round picks on those guys. So, Kyron Williams came out of Notre Dame a year ago, was banged up, really didn't get much of an opportunity. And then Puka Nakua this year, obviously, you know, first two weeks, 25 catches, set a rookie record mm-hmm. for most catches in his first two weeks. Uh, you know, he's closing in on 1,000 yards on the season. Only five rookies have done that. Um, you know, from the fifth round on, I think is what it is or something ridiculous. I'll check my notes and make sure I get that ready for Sunday. I'll have it buttoned up. But the point is, is that Kyron Williams, um, he's really explosive and he looks fresh. I get it. It was against Arizona, who's one of the worst teams in the league and really can't tackle anybody and doesn't put pressure on the passer and all that sort of stuff. But this is the sort of running back that can give the Browns some issues. Um, He's a little bit like Warren out of Pittsburgh, I think, you know, with his yep. shiftiness, his ability to catch the ball out of the backfield. Had 204 scrimmage yards, so he's he's the guy that I would circle even more so than Cooper Cup, who's a bit banged up and just hasn't had a Cooper Cup season. So he's the number one guy I'm focused on if I'm Jim Schwartz this week. Hey, Chris, let's wrap it up with this. Chris will be on the call, of course, on the radio this weekend. So, obviously, people will be listening because nobody wants to listen to Mark Sanchez on TV. Uh, Chris didn't say that. I did. Chris, <laughs> do you have any faith that the Guardians will actually have major league players playing left field and right field this year? He'll throw in well, center. that's not fair. Stephen well, Kwan is let, – Let me correct. Major Stephen league Kwan. power hitters. Major league power hitters. Oh, okay. I want to move Kwan to center. Miles Straw is not a starting player. It's absurd that he's been a starter for this long. Quan in center, and we need to get some corner outfielders and with some power. Are they going to do it? you have any faith? The Loriano um, deal makes it a little more skeptical for me, really, to be honest with you. I think that they're like, okay, well, we can, you know, we're going to pay him five or six mil or whatever they, they signed him up for to avoid arbitration. And that's the one that scares me. Like, I think he's a great fourth outfielder. You can play him all over the place. He's a really good defender. He's got a little bit of pop, but if he's the guy who you're saying, yeah, that's our opening day right fielder and we're content with it. I think they're, they're looking at this the wrong way. Listen, I've been as big a, a, a guardians backers there is in terms of the front office philosophy. I understand that they're real limited because of the Dolan's payroll. Uh, but I thought that Chris Antone was a little off base at the conclusion of last season where he said, you know, home runs aren't the end-all, be-all. When when he said that, I, I get it. It's not the number one thing you're looking for from all nine guys in the order, but I would like it with more than one or two. 
Yeah. You know, I mean, that's what's going to win. And that's what's going to help you win come October. It's what prevented us, I thought, from from turning on the Yankees there uh, eventually in that five-game series in 2022. So I'll still cut them the benefit of the doubt because they've been so good. But that's the the Loriano thing is is the thing that's kind of yeah. giving me a little pause. Agreed. Yeah, they've got to get much better in the power game. That's for sure. Chris Rose, good <laughs> luck on the call. We'll be listening. Always good to have you on. All right, guys, enjoy class later yeah. today. You guys look great, and the other two slobs <laughs> we'll see on uh, Monday with a better dressing. Chris, I think, you I, got call, detention. I think you should call the game in your underwear. That's what I'm suggesting for you. Pause. Yeah, that's uh, – that's Well, we are in Los Angeles. We've seen people dressed in very different things at exactly. times out here. So you never know what they <laughs> exactly. so far. Go for it. All right, Thanks, I'll see you Sunday, guys. All right. Thank you. you. Hey, uh, Jay's got a new nickname for you. Okay. Wait, are you gonna you, are you gonna make me say that? Yes. I just it just hit me. Well, I was I almost threw up on myself. I'm you said OnlyFans page. Yes. I said, yeah. well, he can't go on as you know himself. Yeah. And he probably can't show his face because mm. that wouldn't be good. I can't say that, man. I know you have to say it now. No, I'll let you. Go ahead, Adam the Bulge. <laughs> <laughs> Very funny. <laughs> hey, the ladies are impressed. <laughs> So it's appropriate. Let me find Jay out. Jay meant it in an insulting way. But <laughs> I, I, know, I, I, I know. Actually, I did not. I'm taking it in a different way. Actually, I did not. <laughs> not the biggest compliment you can Let get. In a joking way. That would be, if I mean, it would draw attention that's just true. on your uh, sign uh, name. That's true. Listen, let me find out in my late night searches you come across my screen. <laughs> you can't. G. Bush, if I find your search history and at 3.30 <laughs> in the morning, you're searching Adam, Adam the Bones. What the heck There's no this? way. Like, guys can't be making money doing that on Women make a ton of money. Oh, don't. no. Oh, the women are killing it. Yeah. Guys. Yeah. Did you see the everybody, teacher that everybody got is. fired? Everybody made a million is. dollars her first month. Guys. Yeah. There's been a couple teachers. She guys had to work money. 45 years to do that. Yeah. There's been police officers. The guys do make money. This guy named Tiger, who's a rapper. How yeah. do you know? Wait a minute. You know a lot about this. Yeah, listen, I'm, I, listen, no, I told I'm you. Like, the internet is alive and well. I'm saying from uh, like a stripper sexual standpoint, nah, it's mostly made, women. He made like $26 million on OnlyFans. Doing music or doing other stuff? No, OnlyFans is a music page. Yeah, yeah, it's yeah. not Pandora. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Is it only sexual stuff on there? I think it is. Yeah. But 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 it's weird stuff. Like a buddy of mine was telling me yeah. that there is, uh, you said the fat fetish. There's women that will, <laughs> will do anything. This is true. They will sit there and eat pies. Yeah. Naked. Oh, oh, or and, no. and guys, wa- guys pay money. That's to fine. Watch it. I got no problem with that. Well, I don't shame judge anybody. If, if you're into whatever you like, no, you. I don't whatever judge either. You're but into, but there's, there's something for everybody. But I think I'm with yeah. you. I would guess, and I don't know that there's anything yeah. figured out. I would think that the revenue that's being pulled in. Yeah. I would guess it would be 95 percent from the women. Of course, because men are more. Pervert, pervert, I don't know, perverted. So here's, here, let, I'm just didn't expect I'm, this conversation. Look, here, we had strippers. We men had are more likely fans. If you had Adam the Bulge on your bingo card, you win. <laughs> men are more, much it more likely to pay for sex. I think that's, yeah, that's, what, are. that's yeah, the right what, way to say it. That's how, right however, on, usually the, the people, how guys make money is yeah. there's couples on there. Yeah, and sure. And they're not looking at you. They're looking at the other person. Right, right, right. That's, yeah. that's how it works. That's yeah, right. but there's there's money to be made, man. There it they're is. Making they make millions, a lot of money. Mom, I'm not going to have OnlyFans. Don't worry about it. That's What would your OnlyFans name be? Uh, Root Beer Thoughts. Hmm. You came up with that awfully quick. I, I Someone do a Google search for Root Beer Thoughts. 
It I'm could already I'm, be I'm a not thing. What is what's the meaning behind root beer thoughts? Well, it's you think about really crazy things like like root beer is a funny like you could do. Not too many people drink root beer, but root beer floats are good. I love them. So when you have root beer thoughts, that's like something strange that you don't have all the time. By the way, you know how you get you could get a drink at a from a fountain soda, you know, at a restaurant or whatever. If you have root beer in that in one thing, you can never put another drink in there. There, there never. is. Never. It's the only... Wait, why? It's the only... Because you can't get that taste it's or the smell taste out of there. It's done. Oh. So I, like, I know that from my, my Pizza Hut days in my early 20s. <laughs> you used to manage a Pizza Hut. I managed a Pizza, pizza Hut. used to have them cloudy glasses. Oh, yeah. Them little, little brown, cloudy little plastic cups. Do you have any pictures of you in a Pizza Hut uniform? I do. I have Please, one. For the sake of all of us, yes. let us see one once. I, 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 I will get it. All right, good. I'd like to see that. We uh, should, it, I should bring in this. I have a, a CD, or not a CD, a, a DVR with, that my wife made for my 40th birthday of, pic, you know, it's like a four-minute video of me through the years. Adam and the Bull, life One of those times. pictures is me and my pizza. Oh, great. Well, it'll be easy for you to find. We want to see it on the show. Yeah, uh, executive producer Steve Becker texted us and said he just bought AdamTheBulge.com. <laughs> He Googled Adam the Bulge, and there's nothing hey, there. Yeah! I want royalties. That was mine. <laughs> McNuggets. Now, Jason you, said you. it on air, so it's Jason's. You're too scared to I wrote it. Now he it's wants credit for it. Hey, hey, I'm hey. putting the content on there that I'm keeping all the money. <laughs> That's right. McNuggets, <laughs> we are playing a dangerous game on Friday. <laughs> yeah, yeah, so let's move on. time for a five-piece of McNuggets. Yeah, right. Well, I'm glad we did this on the YouTube show. That's his OnlyFans page name. Little McNuggets. <laughs> if we did that on the TV show, we would have been in a lot of this trouble. Funny, and from 12.30 to 1 o'clock, we go from YouTube to Channel 3. Make sure you guys check us out there. You can't get this kind of content on WKYC. You can't oh. find that on the Ultimate Cleveland Sports Show YouTube channel. But we have 30 minutes of coverage that we have not done yet that's coming to you on WKYC. All right, it's time for a five-pack of McNuggets. I'm going to refrain from making a joke there. We're going to get to it. Share it. Five stats that you got to know. For Sunday's game against the Rams, five <coughs> stats that are imperative that you guys need to know to make you a smarter football fan. By the way, before you go, I want to give you a shout out. Uh, you've done a marvelous job with this segment. It's always informative. We always learn something mm-hmm. with these stats. And and for people that don't know, to get these kind of stats takes a ton mm. of research and digging. So kudos to you for all your hard work on this segment. Thank you, Anthony. Helped me on one of these today, so I'll Good. give Anthony a shout out where the research came up. But first. The Browns want to beat the Rams. they got to catch the ball. And that sounds simple. But over the last two games, according to PFF, they have nine drops as a team. That's the most in football. Their 60.1 PFF receiving grade as a team is the lowest in football over the two weeks. On the season, they have 26 drops, second most in the NFL, only behind Kansas City, which we saw in that Monday night football game against the Chiefs. Marquise Valdez uh, <coughs> dropped the game when he touched down. They've also had a lot of drops. How about this? 35% of the team's drops in the entire season have come in the last two weeks. And 9.5% of all Browns passes thrown by any quarterback, Deshaun, DTR, or P.J. Walker, if it's been on target, they've dropped 10%. That is by far that is the unbel- highest mark in the NFL. That's, what's, the ne- what's number two? It was down to like 7.3%. That's stunning. That's one a- out of every 10 passes that's on, one are of, drops. One of every 10 on target on-target passes, target passes are, are dropped. That's, that's horrible. Now, I, th- I do think that we talked about this even before he played his first game because he threw 62 miles an hour at the Combine, and that's the fastest that's ever been recorded. What's interesting to me is you said 35% of the drops have come in fewer than 20% of their games. There's your answer. 
It's the ball he throws. Yeah. The but receivers like, I mean, aren't Josh used to Allen it yet. throws hard. Where are the Bills? Well, Do you have that but, handy? No, but the thing is, his receivers yeah. are used to catching That's it true. from Josh That's Allen. True. That's true. This fair. was a midseason change. Yeah. And if you go and back to Josh Allen when they brought in Stephon Diggs, he had drop issues early on. I, yeah. I wonder I remember if there he is did. You're right. a correlation that maybe you can't throw the ball too hard. In well, a receiver, well, I've talked to receivers but. before that have said, yeah. it's you got when you play for a quarterback that hurts your hands, you've got to work with jugs machines because you can't you wear your quarterback's arm out right. by practicing that. So you got to crank that jugs up to 65 miles an hour and get used to it. Mm-hmm. We, we, was, we on kickers all the time. You got one job. That's the ball. That's yeah. it. I, I don't want to hear about it being too hard. I, you, you, we're not paying you for blocking. Yeah. I don't All right, want- Adam, the bulge. <laughs> 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 I, I look at it like this, man. I, I, this, That's a super this, duper pause. <laughs> super up top. Up top. Change yeah. lives. Change lives. <laughs> Jay's um, out for the next minute and a half. <laughs> man. <laughs> Suit jacket, Jay's. <laughs> Get it this all out the now. It's ever been. Let's go. Let's go. Pull face. it together. Yeah, we, we don't carry this over to twelve thirty, guys. <laughs> yeah, we, okay. But the I, FCC's watching. But I will. I will say though, it, it is hard for me to understand why the Browns <laughs> just cannot develop receivers. I mean, just be average. Like just middle of the road. I, I feel like they've been. Now I could be wrong, Mike, and I don't know how quickly you could look this up, but. It seems to me they've been near the top in drops for years. Years. Or maybe and I don't know too, if, they, if that's actually true, I don't it know seems that, that I've way. never seen a <clears throat> metric that keeps that season by season, but I'm sure we can find I mean, it somewhere. It seems like every year they but got bull, a problem you're right. with that. It I, does. I, and you're and you're also right. You talk about a, a, a Puka Nakua is, is a find in the fifth round, and we've taken three in the third round recently, and some of them are selling insurance or doing whatever. They're not yeah. wearing a football uniform anymore. Um, I feel. Hey, listen, Cedric Tillman had his best game last week. If he, he has did. a good game with Flacco this week, I think we'll start to get excited about him. I will absolutely get excited. Right? About I mean, sure. like if he has, like, I'm waiting for like these. Uh, up, I want a hundred yard game from a somebody not named Amari Cooper. It'd be great. I, be I, awesome. mean, I don't think you'll see it this year. I, the Tillman thing is odd because I thought where he would help his red zone high point and sure fade routes in the end zone. We haven't seen any of that. None. No. None. He's a Zero. big receiver. Use him to his skill set. And, yeah. and hopefully that's what's coming. But, you yeah. know, when you talk about how hard they're throwing the ball, I'll go back. I mentioned on Monday that throw that he made to Harrison Bryant in the end zone was like unnecessary roughness. Scott Bakula to Featherstone. Like it was 110 <laughs> miles an hour. Hit him in the face. Don't I throw it to Stonehenge. <laughs> and, and Harrison Bryant caught it. And wrapped it up like a uh, it was self defense. Uh, uh, I think it was self defense. It was it was a concussion. If you a didn't newborn, catch it. I got it. No. By the way, did you know Jason Bateman was one of the players on that team? Yes, right? that's you remember right. that. And Kathy he Ireland was, was the God. kicker. Yeah, that's right. Wow. Yes. wow! What a name! What a name from the past. Uh, I know you've got a lot more stats. This is a thirty second answer from Jay. Um, the the problematic drafting of wide receivers. Are they doing something wrong analytically? As they're clearly they're missing. Yeah. So something in the in the pre-draft <clears throat> evaluation is woefully off. Well, I, I it's silly. I think the answer is draft them higher because we talked about it a couple weeks ago. We went through the list. It's not like I think there was one guy, Amon St. Brown, they they yeah. missed. Yeah. You could say Nakua that they missed. Yeah. But you know, twenty nine other teams did too, or thirty one other teams did too. It's not like they're missing four and five and six. They're not missing on first round No, I get that. Picks. But the weird they're thing about Nakua, when we had the lockdown writer from the Rams on, he said that Sean McVay said in the day after the draft 
Uh, we don't think Nakua is going to be a difference maker. We know he is. Yeah. yeah. They were that confident. So I, I'd like to know what they saw, how if they, they were evaluated that confident, him. Why'd they wait to the fifth round? Well, to take him? you're right. I'm sure that at some point they were like, we got to take him. Right. Right. And they did. So they get credit for that. Where I'm, the 31 other teams passed on him four yeah, times. Yeah. It's a silly answer, but take him higher, and you got to You got a okay. bigger bowl. You got a bigger target that you're yeah. throwing. Well, at. And, and in that vein, I think their draft philosophy is likely flawed. Because they haven't placed a yeah. higher priority on what has clearly been an area of need for decades. Well, and again, they haven't had a first-round pick in a while. Right. No. But that, they could have used a second-round pick on a wide receiver. True. I think that the places that they targeted were clear areas of need as well in those higher picks. Now, you can argue... And well, they've why, addressed some of those in free agency. They haven't really addressed the... I mean, they went out and made the trade for Cooper. Yeah. And they did get Landry and Beckham, which... We thought would be surefire hits, and right. for a while more. they were. And more. Most yeah. Of, yeah, most. most. Uh, Bolte, your answer. The Browns were fourth last season in the NFL in total drops. Yes. But in 2021, they were 21st. So okay. not necessarily so high. All right, stat number Wait, two. what was some, different uh, about 21? What did he say? What was different about 21? The receivers. That would have been Landry and that would have been Beckham. Right? But that was, yeah. that was the year that Baker didn't play well, that he was hurt. Yeah, 4.8 drop percentage in 2021. Where were they in 2020, by the way? Do you have that or no? Don't worry if you don't. I, I'll pull it up one sec. Give me one yeah. sec to adjust. I got to hit back back a season. It drops in 2020. That was the playoff through. year. Mm-hmm. The year the Browns made the playoffs, they were near the bottom of the league. 21 drops. Okay. 4.2 drop percentage. So. so I think a lot of that has so to do with just been the last two to. years. It's who they're throwing to. Yeah. Yeah, and get, quarter, get wide receivers that can catch the football. In defense of one job. the Seems receivers, it's not their thing, catching passes. In defense of their receivers, a little bit, is they've, the, it hasn't been consistency in quarterback yeah, for the last they've few had, years. they've no, had bad true. quarterback play. Number two, this one's more of just an anomaly, but the Browns have not won a game in the Pacific time zone in over a decade. Wow. They are 0-8 in the Pacific time zone. Their last wow. win in the Pacific time zone was against the Oakland Raiders back in 2012. That was when Brandon Whedon and Josh Gordon led the Browns to a victory there. 0-8 since then. They're 0-1 this season. They lost to Seattle. I don't know how you got to – they don't play there often, but they yeah. haven't won in over a decade. I thought that was pretty interesting. That's when Gordon so we can kind of skip through that Maybe one. they all need to be Whedon. <laughs> Gordon I mean, was, it is yeah. legal out there. Man, and I thought Whedon was going to be good. I, I got to admit I, it. I cannot believe he wasted his career, and weed is now legal. That's crazy. He was born yeah. 15 years too soon. Hey, he had other issues. He did. But in terms of his career, it would have been different had Pac been legal. That's crazy. I think a lot of his issues, and I know he had them before he got to Cleveland, Yeah. but I think they were magnified because football was taken away from him. Yeah. When it wouldn't. Yeah. Today. Remember, he was drafted in the supplemental draft. Which he you, was. You rarely have players Baylor, drafted right? anymore. Baylor, right? Yeah. Baylor. Out of Baylor. All right, we'll move on to number three. This one, <laughs> this one's interesting. I think this is going to be telling to see how Kevin Stefanski uses Amari Cooper. His target share, and based on his connection with different quarterbacks, has varied drastically this season. In three games with DTR, he only was averaging 6.67 targets. With P.J. Walker, he was averaging nine targets a game. With Sean Watson, 7.8. Now, that's only a slight percentage when you see overall targets, but P.J. Walker was relying on him more than DTR, and we talked about how DTR and Amari never seemed to be on the same page. In totality this season, he's only catching 54% of his targets, which is by far the lowest catch percentage My of any goodness. of the top receivers in football. And I put him in the top 15, 20 categories. So Do I was we know at those how guys. many of his targets were 
catchable versus uncatchable. Yeah. It, it totally depends on what metric you're looking at and how yeah, you Yeah, because the drop metric is can be different from... It, exactly. The but then this was interesting, too. And I know we've talked about his home road splits. I didn't realize how drastic they were. He is so much better at home than he is on the road. He's played more games on the road, by the way. Is that wow. for his career? That's for his career. He's played more and games, more on, the games on the road. Two more games. So it's almost 50-50 split, but two more games on the road than That's... he has at home. However, at home... He has 44 more catches, 1,200 more yards, and 15 more touchdowns. How, how would you guys explain Don't that? know how to Quarterbacks explain Quarterbacks play better at home. I, generally speaking, if you go on the road, you don't, quarterbacks don't light it up. I mean, unless you got a, a, a top five quarterback, yeah. usually, generally speaking, they play better on the road. So. I'd love to see how that compares to other good wide receivers. If that's Yeah, a I would too. I never give think me, about that in football. We think about it in baseball. Yeah. But in football, you never really think we about it. We really that. think about it in basketball when you talk about home sure. versus road splits. Especially like on. the second well, level. Give me a receiver. Yeah. Give me, I'll, pull, I'll pull up someone right now. Give me a receiver. Justin Jefferson. Go. Uh, yeah, Tyreek Hill, Justin Jefferson. Though. I yeah. feel like it's got to be somebody Kill. that's played. Tyreek Hill. Kill. Kill. Right, give me a sec. Yeah. Because he's played with two different teams. Yeah. I wonder, and his career's long enough I've never asked receiver this. I wonder if it has to do with sight lines and every stadium's different. And when you're looking, you're trying to track like the ball, shooting in basketball, like the lights in the arenas are different. Depth of perception, yeah, and your comfort. Obviously, you're at home more. You're more comfortable at home. But I just wonder when you're running routes, you're looking, you're looking for the ball. Yeah. If it's different, if different yeah. sight lines in different stadiums yep. and signage, and who knows what distracts you. The only problem with he's the, got the numbers. You got it. I got Tyree Kills. Yeah. And it's gonna blow your mind. Tyree Kill has played one more game on the road than he has at home, but on the road he has a thousand more yards and 19 more touchdowns. Wow. On the road. See, on the, the road. The only on thing the I'll road. say with Tyreek Hill, why, it, I, why it's not a great comparison to me, is because Tyreek Hill has played with great quarterbacks. I mean, well, he played more than arguably the best. Keenan Allen, is that, a, is that a decent comparison? Yeah, that's fine. All right, give me okay. one sec. It's not necessarily the total number, though, you're looking at. You're just looking at for the, the split. Right, right. The home road split, not right, necessarily he, the total. He said So that, he's playing with a great quarterback at home and on the road, so uh, it should bring true. both levels up. There's not That's a control true. in that experiment. Yeah. Keenan Allen's That's almost 50-50. Keenan Allen has 29 touchdowns at home, 30 touchdowns on the road. He's got 400 more yards at home than on the road. It is an interesting stat. And, Bull, you're right. It's something I've never thought about. Never. I, would, you know, I think I about just, it in baseball all the time, and I think about it in basketball in the playoffs especially. Sure. But, but I never thought about it in football, ever. Yeah, but that is, that's yeah. not an anomaly. That there's, that's a but pass. Yeah. That's a thing. Yeah, yeah okay. Interesting. And he dropped got? the pass last week against Denver. In Denver, I'm not saying it has anything to do with being home or road, but right. for whatever reason, that just stuck out to me as an anomaly. Yeah, no, it's, and I hadn't really uh, thought it's, it before. it's interesting, for sure. All right, next one. This comes from uh, ESPN's Next Gen Stats. So don't ask me any context or how to quantify it because this is way out of my range. But they, they tweeted okay. this out, and it blew my mind. Kyron Williams, the Rams running back, who we've spoken at length about, has 113 carries this year. He has not faced an eight-man box. Not once. Zero times. That is the most carries they've ever tracked for a running back without facing a single stacked box. Now, what does that mean? Look at that bottom part. He's averaging 2.4 yards per carry before contacts this season. That's the number one number in the NFL well, of sure, any running because, back with 30 carries. Yeah, because he's not They have Nakua. Defenders. They have Cup. They got Stafford. Teams are saying, hey, run the ball. And, that, and, and he's killed them. And that's exactly why he's, but he hasn't seen those eight-man boxes. It's so weird, though, because Stafford hasn't been great. I know... Listen, I'm not watching him every week. The guy we had on from the Rams said, yeah, he's playing very well. Obviously, the statistics are not very, you know, they're okay. But he's not, it's not like he's been, he's not the same Matthew Stafford. Where's Stafford ranked just QBR or any metric that you want to go for measuring quarterbacks? Let's find out where he fits in with everybody else. Because yeah. I haven't tracked it and I don't know. Yeah, I would think. I would think he'd be upper half for sure. Well, I would go back to the stat that 
Mike just gave, if Denzel was playing in this game, I'd like the odds a lot more of stacking the box. Yeah, yeah. I, I agree right. with that. And yeah. no Denzel. I can't understand. Like, Cooper Cup has had a te- is not doing anything. No, but I think teams are still respecting him. And and because they have two now. Yeah. You know, that's a, I, that is such a, a – that's a weapon. When you've got two elite receivers that you can roll out there, even if Cup has been hurt and hasn't put up those numbers – you yeah. still have to respect what he did I, last not year. The best wide receiver combo in the league. There's definitely a lot better. No, it's not the best, but yeah. they're very good together. But Cup hasn't been good this year. Well, it hasn't been Cup, but where is he compared to everybody else? Because we're used to him putting up 100 yards a game. Yeah, no, but he's not. And he hasn't close done that. that but yeah. like if you put him on the Browns, if you gave his numbers to a Browns receiver, I'd take it's, them. I mean, he missed some time. So he did. His so numbers are still say. not great. But right. Go ahead, Mike. He's essentially between 11 and 14 in QBR, QB rating, okay. efficiencies. Yeah. He's average. He's been average this year. Yeah. yeah. A little yeah. above. Probably. Yeah, a little but, above <clears> average. <throat> like, solid. But, like, I'm certainly not worried about Matthew Stafford killing us. They, they, well, their they, run game also means he doesn't have to do as much lifting right. throwing. But teams. Kyron Williams missed four or five games. He did. Teams is catching up, man. Listen, it, it, I, I'm, this it's a cycle. <laughs> teams is figuring out, look. I know he was used to throw the ball, but when somebody run the ball on you, it's devastating. Like, Kyron Williams is is the reason you'll see Puka Nakua wide open because you got to have somebody up there. And and so it's a pick-your-poison type thing. So I, I, I think the run game opens up all that other stuff that they want to do. And by the way, um, when McVay's teams are lights out, Go back to the Todd Gurley teams where they were able oh, to yeah, run absolutely. that wide zone absolutely. and still throw the ball and everything looked the same. They was putting up 40 points a game. You you, you had to pick what you was going to take away. Everything was looked but, the same. Will they Every- see eight-man fronts Sunday? No. You don't think they'll do it? Not I without, would. Not without, well, without Denzel Ward, though, you're right. You can't. You're it really makes exposing it tricky. Greg, and we I, saw last I, week what happened. No yeah, reason. they'll expose that quickly. Mm-mm. <laughs> they saw the tape. I don't know. I'm more worried about Kyron Williams than anything they're doing. Oh, I am too. For me. Yeah, I, I am so, too. Yeah. So am I. But you might play right into their hands if you do stack boxes and you do try to shut down Williams. It is a pick-your-poison scenario because yeah. Stafford's good enough. One of those two guys will be open on most routes, and he'll kill you that way too. And we've seen the Browns out to, to, to this thing. We've seen the Browns have trouble getting ball carriers down in open space. If they break the first defense, we see we, we you, you have Warren that did it. Yeah. Odell Beckham Jr. took off. Yeah. Uh, I think Pittman did the same thing in, in Indianapolis. Pickens. Pickens did it. Yeah. So they, they have a trouble. They got trouble. Running back that. from Baltimore gassed him too. That yeah, young he, kid. Yes. Nice. Absolutely. Yep. Yeah, right. All right. What's the last stat? So the last stat is a little bit of an appreciation post to someone we've talked about a little on this. We've talked a little bit about it all week, but Aaron Donald is that dude. He's that good. And I was doing some research and. I couldn't not include this. So he has three Defensive Player of the Year awards. That's tied for first all time. Do you guys know real quick who who the other two players with three DPOYs are? Um, Lawrence Taylor. I would think Taylor did it. And uh, Reggie White? Nope. It's recent. Aaron, uh, TJ Watt? His brother, JJ. Oh, JJ Watt. JJ has three. So Aaron Donald, JJ Watt, Lawrence Taylor, the only three players of all time with three DPOYs. He has seven first-team All-Pros which is tied for 13th all-time. Jerry Rice and Otto, uh, Jim Otto have 10, but he's made first-team All-Pro seven consecutive years. Jeez. No one's ever done that before. We understand PFS, PFF. It's not perfect, right? But he was the number one graded pass rusher from any position from 2015 That's to stunning. 2020. With and all the defensive pass rushers. It says 2022. There. Even yeah, up to yeah. last year. 
up to last year. And this season, his season grade is an 89.8. Where's that's that right? Lowest season grade of his career. <laughs> this is, is that that's currently not number one. That's not currently no. Dexter Lawrence is technically graded higher as a defensive tackle, but his <clears throat> season grade of 89.8, which is do all phenomenal. the PFF stuff. Elite. He's never had a season, even going back to his rookie season, where he didn't grade over a 90 in PFF. Just so he's a, had a whole, enjoy, a, enjoy watching him play is what yeah. this, this yeah, he, Essentially, he's played like a Hall of Famer every year of his career, without I, exception. I don't think people yeah. – I don't think – I mean, he's an all-pro every year? Yeah, I mean, it's, he's absurd. No, he was not an all-pro his rookie year. He was drafted in 14. Seven, seven straight, though, right? Seven straight, so from 15, so his second season in the league till last season, and he has a chance to do it again this season. By the way, it's tough to be all-pro as a rookie. He's only played played less than 10 years? He was the draft pick. Do you know who was drafted right before him? In what? It was 14? 24. Jadavian Clowney was first overall in that draft. He played in Cleveland for a little bit, but he wasn't drafted by Cleveland, and he goes by three letters. OBJ. Oh, wow. Let me tell you this. This guy... First of all, you already get a bump just by playing D tackle. Do you know how hard it is to have any production as a defensive tackle? You could you're essentially getting triple teamed every single play. You're not they're not they don't expect you to make some plays in the run, but his his pass rush and his pressure at D tackle is just jaw dropping. Like you know when Warren Sapp says that hey, was my comparison is Warren Sapp. He said he oh he's already the best. His numbers is 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 crazy. Like he yeah. gets pressure like he's a DN. I, besides Warren Sapp, I can't even think of another defensive tackle at that Who's level the in the guy last for 20, 30 years. Baltimore had one. Haloti uh, Nagata. Oh, yeah. Haloti Nagata. Well, Vince yeah. Wilfork with he was, New yeah. England. Wilfork was, really, was good. Not as good as Donald. Not a pass rusher no. though, but a yeah. terrific run John, stopper. I think like John Randall, um, you, you, Cortez Kennedy. Yeah. All the great pass Those rushers great, usually. Yeah. Come off the end. John uh, Randall is the only defensive tackle with more sacks than Aaron Donald, by the way. Oh, really? how many does Randall have? Like 138. And Donald's oh, at like 108. Yeah. Goodness. How many does uh, Donald have? I believe 108. I'll double check, but I believe 108. I got to talk to Leroy about John Randall. John Randall, that's, that's 138 at D tackle is that's insane. Crazy. Did he play D tackle his whole career? Yes. And he's talked about John Randall before. Yeah, too, he's being him. an ultimate professional during practice, like yeah. high motor all the time, leading the charge. Bleeding by example, Leroy said nobody dare dogged it ever yeah. for one play in practice because John Randall would rip their head off. Yeah. And, so, and at this point in his career, Aaron Donald's playing with a lot of just guys. You know what I think know? makes us think he's older? On defense. The play that he made before the Super Bowl when he floated the idea of retirement. Right, I think yeah. that made me think Most he was older. Most of us tend to think that, oh, well, he's at the end of his I career. Know. This guy could do this at that level. He's barely down in production. He's 32. He's 30. He's not that old. No, he could do this for two or three more years. Yeah, probably. I mean, he's and so still both, both said he's playing with nobodies. I told you all earlier in the week, Aaron Donald is the only player on the Browns defense who was a first or second round Ra- pick. Rams. Rams defense. Rams defense, Rams defense sorry. Yeah, yeah you the did tell The only player on the Rams defense who was a first or second Which round pick. Which is stunning. I mean, that's it. He's playing with a bunch of no-names now, and he's still dominating. And there may be some decent players, but, you know, nobody special. That's going to be a fun matchup yeah. to watch. Because the Browns are good in the middle of their line. And it's yeah. going to be fun to see how, who wins that matchup yeah. more often than not. Totally Great stats as always, Mike. Somewhat off topic. The, you mentioned Haloti Nada. Nagata. How do you say Nada. it? Nada. I think it was Nada, Nada. yeah. The Browns were in position. Is this? I don't know if you guys, if this story is out there. They, like, they had the pick. They were on the clock to take him. Oh, and it was between him and Cameron Wimbley. And Baltimore was right below him. And I think it was Phil Savage called Baltimore and said, we know you want him. 
just give us something to move up. So they flip flop. So the Ravens got Haloti Nada and the Browns took oh. Cameron Wimbley. Do you understand how that good that, 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 that about that sums up? I'm that almost positive it was Same. Cameron. You Wimbley. could write a book on draft tales from the crypt. Oh. You know, the, the a homeless guy told Jimmy to take mm-hmm. uh, Manzel allegedly. Like the draft day yeah. stories, it's, it's brutal. Same That's team, sickening. Same good. team. Sackmaster Terrell sucks. Alodi Nada, Ravens, yeah. and Ed Reed. That's right. Go ahead, Mike. 